0: In the words of the great Bob Dylan, the times they are a changin'. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. Welcome to episode 100, a controversial episode, (laughs) 129 of the Fat Man Chronicles. My name is Pete, and I am with, for the first time as co-host, my buddy Dave. And we are two middle-aged dads on a journey to conquer the Chicago Marathon. Dave, how the heck are you? Awesome, Pete. How are you? It's great to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, as we talked about on the last episode... Gretchen and I will still record, but you and I are going to do a, kind of a special series here. So this is kind of like FMC Run Chicago Chapter 1. Yes, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's weird being on this side, though. For sure. I mean, you know, because it's going to be more of a discussion than me just lobbing, you know, softball questions at you. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so before we get into kind of talking a little bit about you and making sure that everybody knows uh, who you are and and what you're about. Uh, I want to just preface it by saying like Gretchen and I really made sure that we stayed PG-13. I'm not going to guarantee that with me and Dave. <laughs> so if uh, you've got sensitive ears around, I'm not saying that we're going to F-bomb every two seconds, but you know, I'm just saying like it could be a little bit, uh, it could get some language uh, I would- with the two of us. I will do my best. It's
1: been three years since I've been in a firehouse, so I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting worse.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dave, you've been on the show before. So, if somebody wants to go back and listen, I probably should have looked up that episode. What what number it was? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'll look that up while you talk a little bit. Just kind of introduce yourself. Tell us like where you're from and and kind of where uh, you know you're at and your journey and what's going on in your life.
1: Okay, well, uh, as Pete said, my name is David. I'm a uh, married coming up on 17 years, a father of one. Uh, my son Braden will be 13 in May. I am born and raised in the uh, city of Chicago, West Rogers Park. Uh, I now live in uh, Eldersburg, Maryland, which is about 12 miles uh, outside of Baltimore. Uh, I am a retired chef and uh, career firefighter paramedic that I am retired from. Uh, PTSD kind of cost me my uh, career in the fire service. I have 20 years, but kind of retired prematurely. Um, When I left the fire department, I was uh, approximately 310 pounds. I had a blood pressure of 160 uh, over 100 and uh, quite the drinking problem uh, from... 20 years in the uh, fire service and the restaurant business. And uh, I've run nine marathons with team and training. Uh, love running. And um, over COVID, I've kind of lost my way. And uh, all the weight that I'd lost, I'd gotten down to 245. I regained all that weight. This morning, I weighed in, in a whopping 298 pounds. My blood pressure was 146 over 83 And uh, I'm 51 if I haven't, or I will be 51 in March if I didn't say that. And I'm kind of at that crossroads of life uh, where if I don't make some big changes, then I just kind of end up as that statistic in a nutshell. Well, we don't want that. (laughs) No. (laughs) And uh, my kids are already smoking me in everything we do. And uh, you know, Pete, that Brayden and I have done a, um, a ton of running and activities together and uh now i'm just the chauffeur and watch him excel at what he does and if i could take care of myself half as good as i take care of him i'd be unstoppable
0: no there you go i mean i think that's <laughs> that's an interesting point so first if if people want to get to know you better you've been on other podcasts but if they want to listen to an episode of FMC where we kind of get deep into uh some of the things that you talked about in the intro that's episode 94 and, you know, the one thing I'll say, I, I think that the reason you and I get along so well is we're pretty much an open book. And there's not a lot that's kind of off off limits that we won't share. There's gonna be times, right? Where, 100%. you know, we've gotta kinda of keep things a little bit close while we figure them out. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we don't wanna talk about them, but I, I think that we wanna be responsible in the way that we do it.
1: Yeah, and I, and I don't wanna hide for myself I don't want to shy away from the things that are affecting me because I'm sure there are a ton of people um, that it might resonate or they might be going through the same things. And, uh, you know, COVID the last three years um, is definitely I, I did uh, much better in the beginning, in the middle of it. And the last third of it has really uh, gotten me. Uh, Knock on wood, my wife and son have done really well through it, but I've kind of been struggling. And, you know, I'm not I am an open book if, you know, I I tend to not shy away from a lot of stuff. And um, I'm not afraid, you know, if people, you know, have questions or want to know, I'm going to be honest with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, and obviously after 120 some odd episodes of, of this show, people know that. You know about me, so if you want to know more about me, you know I, you can listen from pretty much from the beginning of this show. Yeah. But in a nutshell, I'll just kind of I'll give you a summary of the way Dave did, in case you're tuning in because you know Dave, and that's the reason you're here. <laughs> um, first, just let me apologize. Uh, this is a mediocre show when it's really on. So Dave may lift it up. I, I depended on Gretchen, my wife, to do that <laughs> for uh, the last four years or so. However long we've we've done this. But, uh, you know, I so I am the same age as as you are. I just turned 51 on Saturday, um, went out and ran 5.1 miles for that 51st birthday. I mean, my in my head, I want to run 51 miles, not 5.1, but uh, you got to be realistic about it. Uh, the pandemic uh, got me in a very similar way. So uh, we'll get to that. I'm a father of three. I have two older kids, uh, 18 and... 15, will soon be 16. Uh, So I've got one that's about to graduate high school. Uh, That's Daniel. And I've got uh, my older daughter, Lily. And then I've got my youngest, who's uh, coming up. She'll be seven this uh, April. And that's Michaela. Mm -hmm. So that keeps me plenty busy. And it's a different set of challenges, right? Uh, My two older kids live with uh, their mom in central Illinois. So I spend a lot of time down in that area, the Peoria uh, metro area, they're in Washington, uh, and you know, up and down in weight, as as always, uh, and part of that is definitely due to the pandemic. It was kind of the perfect storm for me, so I I kind of I call myself semi-retired. Uh, I've been doing a lot more around the house, taking care of Michaela a lot more. Uh, and and that was kind of forced by the pandemic. I was mm-hmm. trying to make a shift in what I was doing anyway. I've spent the better part of 17 years in the wine industry in one way or another. I've taken some pit stops in logistics uh, in there. And before that, I was in telecommunications. I worked for AT&T for, for many years. And during the pandemic, with the shift of Kind of being home, not having that job as a focus. I did consulting and and I still do, uh, but I wasn't that full time. Got to go to the office, dig in, uh, deal with the uh, the public, deal with many other coworkers, and it was instead, hey, become a, a kindergarten you know teacher's aide uh, or even a teacher. Many for a lot of the time because these mm-hmm. hybrid classes and online classes, it didn't offer the same. Uh, It didn't offer the same level, at least in our experience, at the the younger age, the same level of comfort for them to learn. Right? So it was a bumpy road. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Versus my older kids were in school the entire. For a very short period, they weren't. They were not when the pandemic first started. But then they went back, and they were five days a week. um, And they're all in school now. And they're all in school now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, down in Washington, the high school stayed in session, and mm-hmm. here the they went back in person full time this year, and it's you know mask on, uh, of course, but the the key I think there is, I'm kind of when she then went back to school, I kind of got lost, and mm. I've had this really up and down time um, where I can't stay focused on my own health. And in there, as I revealed on the last show, you know, I've been diagnosed with diabetes, which has been one of my big fears in life. I did Mm -hmm. not want to don't want to be a diabetic. I know what it can do. I know how horrible the disease is. And quite frankly, we don't talk about diabetes as an epidemic in this in this country, but it is. It's a different kind of epidemic.
1: And soon 50% of the entire country. I think I want to say it's 2035 or maybe even sooner fifty percent of the population of the United States will be diabetic and the smallest fraction of that is type one a very right. small
0: percentage of that which is scary yeah yeah so I mean it's kind of we've started out on a pretty a pretty <laughs> serious subject I mean you and I like to have some good laughs but I think it's important to kind of lay the foundation of of kind of where we're at in this journey and uh, we've both decided at the ripe age of, uh, 51, um, to tackle the Chicago marathon. Now you talked about yourself being a nine time marathon finisher and you've run many races, but that that's the past, right? Like those, those don't count now
1: a hundred percent. They don't count. And for me, the hardest part of this journey is, Figuring that part of it out mentally, like physically, I, I can't push myself through what I did t- in 2011 when I ran three marathons in 90 days. Right. I had that mentality. And now, like, it's no joke. Like there, it's really starting out as I'm a marathon. I want to run a marathon at 51 at 300 pounds. And it was successful in 2011, but it's going to be a thousand times harder than it is now.
0: Yeah. And and I want to make it clear because I know we'll get messages. Dave is a marathoner. It's present tense. He is a marathoner. He accomplished those goals. What we're talking about, though, is in our head, uh, oftentimes, uh, maybe I shouldn't speak for you in my head, Oftentimes, I'm like, well, I, I did this. I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. Physically, I'm not capable of getting out there and running a, a 20-miler at a marathon pace that I did in the past. I can't do it right now, right? Mm-hmm. It takes work. So the 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 catch-22 is you want to know that you've got the mental toughness to do it because we've done it before. We know we could do it again. But we don't want to take for granted That we're not, uh, that we're able to do it today, not take for granted. We're not able to do it today. We could fall in this trap of because I did it before, I should be in better shape now. And we're not.
1: Correct. And I'm also in a much worse spot mentally than I think physically. I'm a, uh, I don't wanna say a train wreck, but I'm like, there's no denying 300 pounds is a train wreck, but I think mentally, and my loss of confidence and my loss of purpose from leaving the fire department, as as a as a person, has really affected me more uh, than I ever ha- than it ever has before. And 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 I think that middle age crisis is snuck up on me in a much different way, and that I didn't really realize
0: um, that it had happened, and it kind of blindsided me. So are you? I, do you have a, a mental training regimen in your head that you need to go through as well as a physical, or how are you tackling that?
1: Um, I don't really know how I'm going to tackle that, to be honest with you. I know that mentally, I'm much better off with the physical. And when I do the physical, and the, we have a, a Peloton now, so when I get on the bike and I walk, Or do something mentally, I'm in a much better place. But just as hard as it it is going to be for me to get outside every day and develop that new habit of whatever I decide to do run-wise, that mental aspect of it is going to be a struggle too. And I don't really have an answer. Like I say, I'm going to meditate every day. Um, I was in therapy for a little while, but finding a good therapist, I think, is is a super struggle. And the one I had, although she was super nice, and I understand what she was trying to do, but playing the devil's advocate for everything put me on the defensive, and it, it just didn't work. So I'm not afraid to go that route, and I probably should go that route, but... I don't really have an answer yet for the mental aspect. Like it's easy to go outside, especially once we're over this winter. This winter has never been as hard on me. And like, I grew up in Chicago. I make fun of Marylanders 10 times a day with how they handle the winter. And it's really put a blah on the whole thing. And like all of Brain's activities were canceled. So really all we're doing is sitting around the house with it, it was much colder by you the other day when we were talking. But nineteen degrees, we're going. My brain's a thrower, you know that. We're going to throw today. It's like twenty six degrees outside. Like there's, you
0: can't get excited about that. Yeah, and when you say thrower, why don't you define that? Because some people aren't going to know what that means. Oh, he's a um, shot putter, discus, hammer, javelin thrower. Yeah, which. I don't know. Brayden's like my hero and he's like a 13 year old kid or whatever. So, yeah. And he um, makes
1: fun of me every
0: day. So, you know, we've
1: reached that point. You have an older son. So, you know, yeah. like I, I really, I'm just a taxi at this point for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really interesting on like how finding a therapist is a struggle. I mean, there's, there's just no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But if we don't get our mental game strong, we're mm-hmm. not going to make the start line.
1: Uh, Very true. Very true. And it's, and coming from my background being in the fire service, in, um, in the military, even the restaurant business there, it's very much that machismo attitude. We don't need help. You know, I was in a a conference uh, a long time ago. It's probably 19 years ago. And, uh, it was a, um, a, uh, uh, it was a domestic terrorism conference, but they were talking about like emotions and taking care of yourself mentally. And one of the guys who is a um, firefighter, a big city East Coast firefighter, his response to the speaker was, I don't need any, I don't need therapy. I just need a group of friends and a bottle of Jack Daniels. And that's kind of, you know, still the mentality that even though I don't necessarily believe that, since I was 14, I've been in that culture. So, you know, like I don't, even, I, I can't even talk about these things with Farrica. I often text Farika and we have that conversation mm. through text because I can write it to her. I want to share with her, but there's that mental block of we don't acknowledge those those issues. We just go on to the next
0: day. mm. That's really interesting. So you're texting your wife these things, and she's responding, right? Yeah, we're sitting next to each other. Literally next to each other. Yeah,
1: on on opposite ends of the couch. But I literally can't have that conversation with her, but I can text it to her. And she knows that. So like our bigger, deeper conversations, whether it be about finances—I'm not really good about talking about finance or any of that stuff—we'll text it to each other. That's right. That will be our opening.
0: Like eventually
1: that's, we'll get to be able to talk about it, but I don't have that capability to sit down and be like, hey, Ferrick, I really have
0: an issue. I need to talk to you about it. Man, that's, I mean, it's got to be really hard on her to to try to navigate that. I don't know.
1: I, I would say it probably was in the beginning, but, you know, we've been together 20 years. I think she just knows that that's part of the the package at this point. And she, if she comes to me, I can have the talk, but I can't open up to her and be like, I'm really struggling. Like, like today, I believe you went a dry January, correct? Well, I mean, I blew that on my birthday, but yeah. (laughs) So, my intent today, I want to start February. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go dry February and hopefully beyond. And inside, I really struggle with the alcohol and I. I've never really sat down and talked with her with that. And she, um, I think she would, I wouldn't be surprised if I had a text conversation with her and be like, I really need to, um, you know, hang this
0: stuff up and, and put it away. All right. I want to circle back to that because okay. I think we, I, I've got, that's something I want to talk about more mm-hmm. in a second, but I'm, I'm trying to make sure I've got this in context just because I think this is so interesting, right? that, You've got a partner that you love and trust and mm-hmm. you're texting these issues. So you said you've been together for 20 years. At the beginning was it did you just ignore issues or I mean that shit was like 10 cents a text back in the day. Totally <laughs> could have been, could've been it, expensive. <laughs> it was totally
1: ignored. And people who know us know that like many married couples year 7 was a train wreck. She hated me year seven of our marriage. And, you know, we joke about it now. And we went to couple therapy in, uh, I couldn't even tell you what year it was, but it was year seven. And we sat down with this young guy. He was uh, from Dallas. And 30 minutes into the session, he goes, you guys don't have a marriage problem. And he looked at me and he says, you have a problem. And that kind of, like... So that was my eye opening because my marriage was not ending because I was a prick or had these, you know, PTSD issues that I never recognized. And that was kind of like our opener for her to be like, okay, this is who he is. He he doesn't acknowledge these things. And then I felt I realized that I was the issue. And from that time, we've been able to, to build on it. So I think she just knows that. That's part of the package. And in some way, she's just glad that it doesn't matter how I tell her or approach the issues that I still tell her that, you know, and um, we've had um, some uh, suicide attempts hit really close to people that we know. So uh, again, I think with that, just the fact that I'm telling her in any way is what matters to her and the how
0: is not as important. Right. Right. Were you accepting of like what that therapist was saying to you right away? Or were yeah, you? Yeah, it was day one. for no, so no, you. No, were no. Good right away. Yeah.
1: Cause my marriage was much more important to me. And, um, he would just point Blake said, you guys don't have a marriage problem. You have a problem. And I went and got, that was when I got my diagnosis with PTSD
0: yeah i i mean i gotta say i think that that i mean i think it speaks a lot to who you are though that you're accepting that because i could tell you when i was in the throes of kind of my worst um i was really resistant when somebody would would point out flaws right mm-hmm. my, my my issues are different right i didn't have ptsd i had really deep depression that i had no idea could manifest itself in anger right mm-hmm. i've talked about this uh, on the show before, and I, I I had no clue. I mean, but it's actually a really common thing for depression to show up as anger, mm-hmm. um, a quick temper.
1: And trust me, I have some some major anger issues. And uh, those, when I really accepted that, is when I took it out on Braden. Like I, I I'm a yeller, so there was never any any violence. But I remember yeah, one time I Braden did something that was so like minute and silly that as a parent, the what's the saying? The, the action was nowhere near the response. And, uh, I offloaded whatever was built up inside and I yelled at Braden and, and he was young, maybe two or three, maybe four ish. And he went, he went into the fetal position and i that's my rock bottom that i knew that you know it was time like to acknowledge that this was an issue
0: right yeah i that's i mean i i, I relate to that right cuz i'm a yeller too or worse i've got a pretty good vocabulary so i can make words cut pretty easily i mean i could oh. i could dig into you <laughs> I, I i could find that little fault and just uh, yeah i can stick it to you um so in other words I'm a jerk. And I yeah. and I know it, right? Like it takes mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not by nature. I mean, I I try not to be. Yeah. Well, um, my life dream
1: was to be a drill sergeant so I could I could give the old <laughs> knife hand and a yell with the best of them. So.
0: Yeah, so um yeah, so anyway, before we get to training, I want I want to circle back to the to alcohol because it sounds to me like we're maybe in a similar spot. So I'm gonna give you kinda of where I'm at with it and then mm-hmm. I wanna hear what what's going on. So in the the reason for me to do dry January was not because I've never given up alcohol for that long. That's that's not that's untrue. I I've given up alcohol for Lent. I've gone a month without, you know, or two without drinking, without really consciously doing it. Just it didn't I didn't grab it, right? I also do not believe, as of now, that I have a problem. Like, I don't believe I'm an alcoholic. I do believe I could be uh, very easily, Mm -hmm. uh, given the propensity. uh, There is, you know, maybe a little bit in the family. There's some genetics there. Uh, I don't believe that alcoholism is a choice uh, because I do believe it's an addiction. So, you you know, you can get other addictive behaviors sometimes Mm -hmm. then to kind of take its place, if you will, but I'm not sure it's ever out out of the way. I just don't believe I'm an alcoholic, period. Um, but I don't like the way I feel after I drink at this point in my life. I drag the next day if I have any more than... If it's more than one drink, I drag for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the type to sit down and have a drink. And plus, I've made a living and alcohol for a long time. It's how I, you know, I've talked about this on the show too. It's, it's how I connect to to people. A lot of the time is food and drink. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what we do. And the other night, uh, we went out Saturday night. Uh, we had had dinner plans at a friend's house, but one unfortunately wasn't feeling well. And then in this day and age, you, you are super careful about that. Right? So the rest of us ended up going out, um, Happened to be my birthday, so I was like, you know, I'll, I'm gonna have a a drink and a glass of wine, Uh and then we got done at like eight o'clock with dinner. And you're know, like, okay, what what are you gonna do? Well, you're gonna go to a bar, right? <laughs> and I started thinking, and I was talking to Christian. I'm like, geez, if we did not drink, what what are we gonna do yeah. with our friends? And it's really it's really difficult for me to start thinking about because I feel like my connection to them is tenuous. I don't it's I I like to run. I like to hike. I don't have friends that go out and run and hike. And I've connected, you know, a couple of times with with some people here or there, Mm -hmm. but it's like one and done. It's not a consistent thing. And part of that comes back to, and this is how it all connects together. Part of that comes back to is I have trouble connecting with people. I'm fine online. You know, I consider you Mm -hmm. to be a good friend. I've never seen you in person, right? My buddy Kevin, I've seen him in person, but he doesn't live by me. Rob, same thing, right? Um, You know, he's in Pennsylvania. I'm here. I've seen him in person several times, but we can't go out and do stuff. And in person, I often feel like I can't connect with people unless I've had a drink. Right. Um, Which I know is untrue, but it's really difficult especially
1: now with COVID, right? How much has alcohol consumption skyrocketed? Because there was, for a long time, there was literally nothing else to do but hang out and drink. And that's kind of what spiraled for me. And I I will be 100% honest and say that I do not believe that I'm an alcoholic, but I there are doubts to that belief in my version of what an alcoholic is. And I say that because when I was on the ambulance, my entire fire career, I was on the ambulance. So being a paramedic where I worked in, in in the area of Maryland was a big um, bar town. I worked in Annapolis, Maryland. The Naval Academy was there. It's the capital of Maryland. So not that the Naval Academy was a big part of the bar scene, but Annapolis is a big bar town, and the alcoholics that I ran on a daily basis were guys who were drinking, you know, two, three pints of vodka a day and... They were homeless, and there's that version of the alcoholic that you have. And my drinking now is affecting my life in the fact that I binge eat at night when I do it. I don't exercise the next morning like I plan to. Um, my wanting to be... um. Plant-based goes out of the window because if you're drinking too much vodka, you're not reaching for, you know, a piece of tofu to, to satis- satisfy that binge eat craving. You know, I'm grabbing the chips that brain can eat a handful and walk away from, and I eat the bag. So alcohol is affecting my life, but I don't need to wake up in the morning and, you know, have a beer in the shower with me, you know, I've had those moments when I was in college. I brought a beer and a caddy to the shower with me. I think many college kids do. But so for me, I don't I can't say that I don't have a problem with alcohol in the fact because the alcohol is affecting my everyday.
0: Does that make sense? I do. I think that it's um, I think it's a very interesting distinction. Right. So we both are are big fans of uh, Ten Junk Miles, mm-hmm. and you know Scotty's uh, stories. Uh, you know he's sober now, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's always recovery, right? You, you never right, get right. away from it. And he is good friends with uh, an author and and singer named uh, Mishka Shabali, and Mishka is one of the uh, people that kind of really impacted Scott in terms of him starting running and ultra running, right? And uh, you know I've read Mishka's stuff. I just find him to be a fascinating person. Mm-hmm. And you read the story of Mishka, and it's it's the uh, not homeless, right? But but super drunk, doing terrible things. Uh, you know, in, in his mind, right? Like things that he doesn't want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think about that, uh, and I think that that's what gets portrayed, and what doesn't get portrayed is a place, uh, you know, where somebody is drinking vodka daily out of a cup in an office and is functioning just fine. That functional alcoholic uh, does not get portrayed well. And it's tough to c- connect to, right? And it's right. hard to to draw that distinction because I'm with you, right? So if I can't only have one drink and if I do it and I and, and it impacts my life in terms of how I eat, I'm the same way. Have the drink, I eat. I binge eat late at night. I'll stay up later than everybody else because I'm you know, going back and forth to the fridge and cabinet you know, four, five, six times. Mm-hmm. I don't exercise the next day, not just in the morning, but at all because it takes me a day to recover now uh, at, at this age. So, I mean, I think we are similar in that. In the end, if it's impacting us like that, whether you want to put a label on it or, or admit an addiction, eliminating it or at least cutting way, way back on it is probably the smart thing to do.
1: Right, and I think that's the pro- that's the key word right there is labeling, like putting a label on it. I think part of the problem for me is there's no middle ground, right? You either drink or you're an alcoholic. Like, I can't go somewhere and talk to someone who can understand, you know the restaurant business, right?
0: Yeah. I
1: started working at Irving's Hot Dogs at 14 and I worked all over the country until I was 34 in the restaurant business, right? Alcohol, I worked in a restaurant in New Orleans where you drank all, not me specifically, but our cooks were drinking from the time they got there to the time they left. There was cocaine in the bathroom on the sink. There was heroin in the tiles of the ceiling. That's just the restaurant business, right? It's not the restaurant business today, but in the 80s and the 90s, that was the restaurant business. The fire service, law enforcement, military, alcohol, machismo, it's all part of it. There's nowhere where you can go and say, hey, I drink too much. I want to, maybe I need some help with it without being labeled an alcoholic and I can never have a drink again, right? So for me, the way I need to look at it is, without putting a label on it, my drinking at home, for no reason at all, just because I'm sitting on the couch, is having an impact on my life and who I vision myself to be. And if I need to give that up, then that's what I need to do.
0: Well, and and it, I know yet your wife's not a... a, a... Big drinker because of uh, <laughs> Friday night shots with Farika, so. Yeah.
1: so She doesn't drink at all except for Friday night when I try and get her to throw up on video
0: for her friends
1: to laugh at.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you if you connect with Dave on, on Facebook or on social, it's, I mean, they're definitely entertaining to to watch uh, Farika take on a few shots. <laughs> One of the and best it, Malort, Malort face uh, videos I've seen. Yeah, so. we're going to make that a t-shirt. Have you seen
1: the, uh, it's like the, uh, Andy Warhol collage of the four faces of
0: Erica drinking Malort. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, That's like perfect. So cool, man. I mean, this has been a, a pretty deep conversation, but I think it's kind of a necessary one to kind of set the stage for who we are and, you know, kind of where we're, where we're coming Mm -hmm. from. Uh, unless you've got any more on that, I wanted to kind of shift gears into like, you know, what's going to be coming up for us on with the show and, and, uh, what we've got planned.
1: No, let's go. I think we hit, I I think we nailed that one. And people kind of get the whole premise of the show of, Hey, we're two (laughs) 50 year old guys with young kids, you know, suffering through COVID just like everyone else did. And we're trying to, um, uh, better ourselves for, Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not really active on my page anymore, but I used to have a page called making the most of the second half. And I think that's what we're trying to do. You've got a super um, young superstar on your hand, you know, Braden's going to be 13. I'm going to be 51, right? He, he, Braden talks about every day going to the 2032 Olympics. I like, if my kid wants to do that, I'll be 65. I don't want to be, you know, a train wreck, senior citizen who can't go see his kid do something because I couldn't make a a more responsible choice now and really you know if I don't make that choice now then that choice is going to be made for me in the future
0: well you know they're gonna when he's at the olympics in 2032 they're gonna play that clip that's okay you talking about it right like no I think it's perfect put it out there put it out there absolutely I mean you got to have big dreams and and that kid does and and I love it I mean he works hard um I mean, he's still a kid, right? Probably would rather be playing video games most of the time. Uh,
1: Trust me, he gets plenty of Xbox time in. (laughs) But he does work hard. And uh, I I think it was a fluke, too, that we both got in uh, to Chicago, which is is kind of fun. We have a ton of connections. I will say that I'm going to put this out there now, Pete. No matter what my health journey takes me on from now to October 9th, when I cross that finish line at Chicago, there is no healthy eating no. happening, right? Because no. Elder, Eldersburg, Maryland, sucks as a food town, <laughs> and there will be pequods, there will be beef sandwiches, hot dogs, maybe 20, all the same meal. <laughs> oh, trust me, <laughs> it's happening.
0: Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, we've gotta, we've gotta get there, and. Uh, you know, so let's let's kind of talk a little bit about that. You are in with Team and Training. I am in Chicago, so you've got a fundraiser. We'll put that link in the show notes. You'll have to send it to me again, okay? Uh, but we'll put that link in the show notes because Team and Training is the is the uh, fundraising arm of the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, Correct. and it's just a fantastic charity, and it's a great way to do a big event, a half marathon or marathon, or, Mm -hmm. I mean, they do unbelievable stuff. Like I've always wanted to go do one of those expeditions to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with them, but haven't, haven't gotten there yet. Right. But someday. someday. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's a dream of mine, but, um, fundraising is impossible now. And so many people are fundraising and those climbs is a pretty big chunk. um, Yeah. As a minimum. But I would love to do that. But all my races have been with team and training. I've done um, every year since 2011, except maybe two, that um, I've done all my events with team and training and all my Disney stuff where you can see back there have all been team and training.
0: Yeah. And it's great, right? So I've got, uh, you're doing it with team and training. Uh, My buddy Kevin Mm -hmm. is is, uh, doing it with team and training. doing that marathon with team and training also, you know, he's got a really close connection with his sister, you know, kind of beating that cancer, continuing to battle that cancer, um, uh, in a good position right now though, which is always good to hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know our, our, our friend, John Harris is always, uh, you know, doing something with team and training also I've done team and training in the past. mm -hmm.
1: I just got an email from John who's doing
0: a Marine Corps this year with team and training. Yeah, I just did too. Yeah. So definitely we'll support, support John in that, in that journey. Um, I got in by lottery. I got in by, by just somebody picked a, a <laughs> name out of a hat and mine yeah. happened to be that name. Uh, you know, I tried for a long time, but got in there, but you know, we got to train now to your Western States. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's <laughs> in my Western States. Yeah. The ultra where it's almost impossible. Uh, so what what's your plan? Like, are you going to train with the TNT people? Are you going to follow their plan? Like, are you going to start base building? Do you have other races? What what's going on? I have a
1: lot of races, uh, so I kind of uh, well for the team in the Chicago part of it. Team and training doesn't have when I started with team and training. We used to have weekly group runs, and you would get your uh, training calendar. And now it's all um, virtual. And on Training Peaks, so I get a free um, account for Training Peaks for that six months of training that Team in Training does, and so I'll just follow along with their whatever program that is. And it's usually a um, uh, it's kind of, it's a four when I trained with them it was four days a week. You did your long run, and then you had two smaller runs and a medium run. And then your two smaller runs were usually your medium and then your long run. And it's a pretty, you know, standard Hal Higdon, whatever, you know, like four, six, like six, eight, seven, you know. And then you come, you three-week build and one-week drop. Um, I'm also in a race ambassador for a local company called Rip It Events. And uh, they, it's a husband and wife team, and they put on some amazing um Smaller distance races, 5k, 10k, sprint, triathlon, uh, super sprint, uh, a duathlon. So, I'm doing, I have a, a 10k coming up in April, which I'll, I'll, I wanted to do that distance because that will take me at six miles. And April is when my marathon training would start. And, uh, I have a duathlon in uh april as well a two mile run a 10 mile bike a two mile run and uh some smaller distance tries like nothing crazy like my i signed up for an iron man and then never trained one day uh, so i have those smaller races coming up and i'll do that throughout the year and uh now it's just uh, run getting on the peloton and miles on the feet is all I'm doing right now. And it's, I don't have a lot of cold winter gear. They don't make running clothes for 300 pound guys. So uh, a lot of it now is just on the Peloton and the bike and doing some strength training through that app as well.
0: So is the, is the plan to try to to drop a few pounds like during this process? Or are you not even worrying about weight?
1: Um, r- right now I'm not worrying about weight as much as I am focused on eating three meals a day, um, which I don't do. Uh, I tend to just binge eat at night and not eat till, you know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And some people, you know, I can lie and say I'm doing intermittent fasting, but really I just have terrible eating habits. So that's my focus now is to eat breakfast, a good solid breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, I don't drink any water. I drink too much coffee. Um, so water is a big, um, focus concern of mine and uh, I'd like to be plant-based and when I say that Braden as you know is a hundred percent vegan and has been for over two years and I want to be plant-based in the sense that if I if I'm not a hundred percent it's not a failure I want it's a diet based in plants with the ultimate of being a hundred percent again um because of uh, cardiac issues that run in my family.
0: I mean, I think we could all eat more vegetables. hundred <laughs> percent. that's Right. Like that's a, that's a good goal. I just bought uh, an arrow garden and, mm-hmm. you know, we're growing. So what that is, if you look it up, it's a E R O garden. Uh, it's just like this hydroponic machine that you put little pods in and it's got a nice, you know, bright light a grow light so basically when i was in college and people would grow weed in their dorm room <laughs> yeah. this it looks a lot like that um mm-hmm. but in our case uh the weeds are lettuce greens so we're starting with just growing more lettuce and mm-hmm. my goal is if it's in front of me like i'm growing it like i'm gonna i'm gonna eat it right and uh-huh. it's fresher uh there's been so like the one thing that there's a lot of problems with in the grocery store has been lettuce. I mean, it's a big factor with e. coli. they've had huge recalls, mm-hmm. and I like lettuce. I like to have a salad with every meal. So in the end, I, I thought, well if, you know if we grow this and hundred percent my little my little one Michaela's really into it, so uh, hopefully it'll get her eaten more.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: and water. I've always got a, I've always got a glass. In this case, it's my my white yeah. socks. Go socks, my white socks tumbler. Uh, so, Speaking yeah. of, of Chicago sports, I got to ask you this: Are
1: you a big sports? Like you're a big Chicago sports guy? Yeah. I have to say, and I, this is totally off topic, but the socks glass made me think of it. That I was really affected in a surprising way when Les Grobstein passed away oh, last yeah. week. It really, like, I, I don't really get affected by, like, Meatloaf passed away. I don't really care. And I have, like, little, I can feel my eyes tearing up that, like, uh, when I saw that Les Grobstein passed away, it was like a punch in the stomach Yeah, when I, when I heard that. And I've been watching all kinds of YouTube videos and all that. And uh, I was, that's what, uh. I don't know why I got on that tangent, but seeing your socks mud made me made me yeah. think of that.
0: No, I was I, I've been impacted uh by the by by the grobber passing too. <laughs> I mean Les Grobstein was just uh an unmistakable voice in Chicago yeah. sports, legendary. And you know, he was uh also, you know, somebody who you wouldn't know. As well, just because you know you've been gone from Chicago for so long. But Jeff Dickerson was the Bears reporter for years, mm-hmm. and and Jeff was young, and uh, his wife had passed away about two years ago from cancer, and now and then Jeff also did and left mm-hmm. behind a, a small you know a, a, a kid, and uh, those two sports deaths like just really rocked us. I mean, yeah, it's those are big, um, and it's just it's a, it's a shame, like. It just seems like we're we're seeing a lot more young, mm-hmm. kind of young people passing. And, and, you know, Les Grabstein, although he's been around my whole life, I mean, he, he was a very young sports reporter when I was born. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because he was only in a, about 65 or so.
1: Yeah. I mean, literally my entire life practically was listening, that I was old enough to listen to sports, was listening to Les Grabstein um, Sylvie from ESPN 1000. I went to sports camp when I was a little kid and went through high school with. And uh, you know, I I know he was fighting cancer. I don't know what the update uh, on him is. And then, like losing Grobber was like I thought about Pat Foley. Yeah. It literally, I'm a hockey Blackhawks fanatic, and literally like. Just hearing Pat Foley's voice and people are like, "What are these two guys talking about?" Here it takes me back to every childhood memory that I have about playing hockey for the Skokie Flyers and everything that I love about hockey is in Pat Foley's voice and oh, absolutely. You know the Bannerman calls, the Esposito calls, um, Eddie Belfer. Like I can hear that. Like you know, I remember my. Here's our age our little transistor radios, listening oh, yeah. to Hawks games on the radios with it underneath my pillow.
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, and later, after uh, Eddie Olchek, Eddie O came into the booth, yeah. battled, uh, battled cancer, right? Uh, him and Pat Foley have to be the most uh, incredible duo to announce hockey. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's no offense to some of the other great callers in Canada, but these guys were just you know, they're just spot on, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Right. Two tree, turdy tree left of the turd, <laughs> yeah. you know, with uh Pat Foley. So yeah, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, but you know wh- Look, running is a sport, so mm-hmm. it all fits together one way or the other. Uh, yeah. And my plan's a little different, you know, so to, to, to get back a little bit to the, are you going to write your own plan? I'm not, I'm not. So I thought about that and, uh, you know, they say like the doctors make the worst patients. I think that mm. <laughs> I think I'd be like one of the worst clients uh, if I'm trying to coach myself. I it's not been working. I've been doing mm-hmm. more or less that. Uh, so I went back to my buddy Andy at Silver Fox. Okay, and we're going to do another marathon together. Awesome. So uh, I've got other races on the calendar too. I've got uh, coming up in March a half marathon and locally in Bowling mm-hmm. I've got the sugar badger I'm going to do the half marathon trail half marathon in May and I'm, right now I'm signed up for the 50k in August uh or it's actually July 31st this year yeah um for the for the badger trail races and I, that's the one that's I don't know like I may or may not right uh I mean Chicago is the goal that's yeah. what I'm that's what I that's what I got to be focused on training through the heat running in the heat doing a 50k like that in that heat I can do it. Uh, I could definitely train to do it. Uh, I could walk it, you know, and yeah. just, have, just have fun, talk to people. Uh, but I don't want it to take too much away from the Chicago training. I want to mm-hmm. get there in really good shape and yeah. finish Chicago feeling great so we can go out and eat the world. A hundred percent. And, you know, and I get I want to do
1: Badger more than anything and Fairick and I just talked about it and I think it would be cool to hang out at that little bed and breakfast and go run the races. I really want to hang out with um the Wisconsin wrestling guys.
0: Oh yeah, like, well those guys just came out of nowhere last year. Yeah,
1: that is one of the greatest stories ever. The the podcast conversation with them and I'm a wrestling uh, freak as well so that it touched did number. you give a,
0: just a little summary of that So
1: uh, basically um, this goes back to 10 junk miles and there's two um, world famous in that area wrestling coaches who are um, University of Wisconsin Madison uh, they're wrestling coaches. Uh, Long story short, neither of them had ever run more than 10 miles. And uh, because they're wrestlers and they are a different breed of human being, they decided to run 100 miles. Uh, They did the 100 miles, and they were unable to walk at the end. One guy's wife had to drag him in on a blanket. And it's just uh, an incredible conversation about mental fortitude and perseverance and these guys are like Olympic caliber world champion wrestlers and um, they promised to come back after finishing the race and seeing what the community in the ultra world and Chen Junk Miles um, was that they they wanted to bring their wrestlers and start an aid station for this year's race and everything that's amazing about running in the ultra world is going to be at that race. And the old me is like, I'm going to do 100K and I'm going to crush this. And like the reality of this now is there's no way in the back of my mind, I want another dopey. So if I can be successful at Chicago, then I will do another dopey attempt. And it will probably be virtual. And I don't know if I can swing financially for Farrakhan and I just to go hang out at the Badger for a weekend just so, you know, I can do fireball shots with Holly and (laughs) and Scott (laughs) and and the gang. But it's really on my list. I thought about the half at the Badger, too. So, yeah, definitely on the list.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of fun out there just because you get to connect with so many other ten jug miles people, mm-hmm. right? When you the there's listeners that are just kind of like always talked about on the show, right? And you get to to meet them, and they're always just uh, great people. Like I haven't met anybody there that's like I'm like oh you know I wish I wouldn't have met them. They're yeah. just incredible, right? And I I love what Scott has done, um, you know, with that podcast and those races and mm-hmm. and everything it's not It's not easy, so you know getting out there and doing one i I hear you and I'm not sure it's the back of your mind where that dopey challenge is. I mean, I think you're pretty adamant uh, on social talking about the dopey the dopey challenge oh yeah, and, if someone wrote, like calls to you <laughs> if someone wrote me a check
1: for like I would fundraise for it, and Chicago's not too difficult to fundraise for. I think Chicago is only like seventeen hundred dollars to fundraise and like I don't get um it doesn't cover travel or anything. It's just a guaranteed entry and then of course the money goes to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I have a, a, a huge connection to cancer, having lost many uh friends and family and uh many that survived. I, I've you know some I've seen some friends' children lose their battle to cancer. So that's my connection to um, team and training. And I have two very good friends now who uh, are in a very real battle with breast cancer, and they both have four kids. And that kind of was my – I need to do something bigger than myself. And uh, But if someone – if I could fundraise for Dopey, and that's like five grand – Without hesitation, I would go back. There's unfinished business on Disney World
0: running trails that I have. <laughs> so, so the dopey is five k, ten k, half marathon, marathon, all consecutively, right? In four days, yeah. In four days, yeah. And you got to get up at like two oh, it's, in the morning, three in the morning, yeah, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're on the well. I, I, I some people go later. But you're on the bus to the corrals at 3 o'clock in the morning, and the race starts at 5 in the morning so they can open up the roads and the parks. And it's always, you know, you train in, in Maryland during the winter, and then you go fly out to Disney, and it's, you know, 60 degrees hotter with 100% humidity. And it's a, just a terrible experience, and you're waking up at 2 in the morning. It's just unfinished business, Pete. I know you can relate. And
0: uh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: and it's a, I mean, Disney is not cheap. So I think if my memory, I've run Disney probably eight times. I have like seven marathons. Um, I've attempted three dopies. I finished one. I've done the goofy, which is the half and the full. I love running Disney, but all of my Disney races were with incredible people. And involve good food and good drink, and I can get those same people the same good drinks and the same food virtually and do something here, which might be my plan. Like, it's the 30th anniversary of the marathon, which is a draw, and it's the 10th anniversary of Dopey, which is a a draw, but I don't know if I want to drop that money, but if you raise a certain amount of money for Like uh, St. Jude's or leukemia and lymphoma, if you raise a certain amount of money, it's like five grand and eight grand, then they your stay is included, which is a big help as well. But I don't know if I can. My financial, yeah, my financial advisor upstairs, (laughs) because you're (laughs) responsible for that. If you commit to it at a certain point, right? Then uh, they're. I've They're never, never ta- your credit card. Yeah, and that will be a divorce for yeah.
0: <laughs> for sure. No amount of therapy is getting through that, man. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so I mean, I I love the idea of the virtual, like doing something virtual. I would love to do to do that. I mean, you and mm-hmm. I have talked about that. Uh, I would, I'd be all in. I think it would be so much fun. But first, we got to make it through this year in Chicago. So yeah, that's well, what this the special series will be about.
1: Yeah, now and, you see my problem where I just skipped right past Chicago, yeah. <laughs> went right to my, uh, you know, second dopey finish.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really going to be something we dig into maybe next episode a little bit more because we both, I think, have those that that problem right where we're mm-hmm. kind of looking past the current challenge and thinking, okay, what's well, you know what bigger, 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 bigger. Uh, it's a it's a pretty big problem when you're yeah you know, it might be on your tracks right so let's let's tackle that next time out yeah and
1: will I'll, my first run of a mile will be a quick and sudden reality check of holy crap, what did I do to myself? I can't believe I had to do twenty six yeah. more of these now are you gonna run walk run yeah. right not now care?
0: i right now I'm doing a run walk, but I don't care right now, like i I don't have uh oops, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm open on that, but I do, I'm better if I can run mostly. Mm -hmm. Like I I feel better, but I've got to get there right now. I'm doing a run walk and that's where it's going to stay until Mm -hmm. I feel like I can, I can progress.
1: And how'd you pick your, um, intervals?
0: Uh, well, I just started at 30, 30 and then, uh, I went up to a minute, you know, 60, 30 when I felt like I could, and I've kind of kept it there. Mm -hmm. because I haven't been consistent enough. And I basically try to increase the run, but I try not to walk more than 30 seconds because then it's like I've recovered too much and I don't want to start running again. 30 seconds though, it's like just enough uh, for me right now. Uh, I'm starting to feel like I could go a little bit further, uh, but I'm glad that I didn't. Like I slowed way down for my five mile run and it was the right thing to do. So yeah. Yeah. but this is the stuff, I mean, we've got to wrap up. Uh, my computer's about to die, so uh, we'll we'll wrap up here. But this is what we're going to tackle. We're going to talk about these training things. We're going to talk about where we're at. We're going to get some really good dad tips from from Dave because he's got Bray rocking and rolling, uh, and I need to learn some things. Uh, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna just, uh, you know, kind of, we'll talk about food probably in an inordinate amount. Yep, uh, because I'm fascinated by plant-based lifestyles, and it's so different than what I try to tackle. Uh, but yeah, this will be it. So each week will be a chapter, and you know, 45 minutes to an hour, give or take. And we're going to yeah. have some fun. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, Good. thank you. So take to wrap Pete. it up, uh, you've been listening to episode 129 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is you got me wrong or yeah you got me wrong by so far (laughs) i'm not looking at it right uh but that'll do it everyone get out there and be better today